0: Episode 55 Daily intermission joined
1: as always by my co-host Nate, what's going on my man? Not much man, just uh, watching some of the golf today Enjoying it, seeing Cantley at the top still And uh, seeing if our boy JT can squeak up to the beginning Yeah, and by beginning I mean the top of the leaderboard <laughs> I know, he's struggling kind
0: of off the get-go here But yeah, Cantley comfortably has used that 10-under lead mm-hmm. to, to stay on top of, of Rom But, uh, but yeah, well, yeah, we'll see how this, uh, how this plays out um, I should mention the end of this episode, or sh- midway through this episode, we are joined by
1: UFC fighter
0: Sam Alvey, and what
1: a ball of electricity he was! Oh, you're not going to want to miss this one, guys. It is it is a great interview. It was it was probably one of my favorite ones for sure so far. Definitely, the yeah. guy had a lot of personality. He is an absolute beauty, dude. Didn't hold back at all. No, no, not at all. He, yeah, he's got some uh, he's got some wise words for the judges at uh, UFC, and it's uh, it's a you don't want to miss it. No, absolutely. Then again, I guess if they're listening right now, they're probably not going to miss it. <laughs> so, Nate, I think
0: we're going to have some time just to talk about some of the big news that's been headlining uh, some of the sports. And, and I did want to start uh, with the Montreal Canadiens and uh, the Carolina Hurricanes. Obviously, the Carolina Hurricanes offer sheeting uh, Jasper Coughlin and Emmy, and uh, and he is now headed to the Carolina Hurricanes on a six point one million dollar deal.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's a it was a weird one. <clears throat> I mean it was no. Um... It was pretty clear that Carolina was doing it just kind of out of spite of what Montreal did with Aho a couple of years back uh, with the offer sheet, and I'm not I'm not sold that Carolina was actually trying to get this player. You know, I agree. I, mean? I agree. I, I mean, they they really overpaid him by I'd say realistically from what his numbers have and what the going market is. I'd say they overpaid him by about what would you say four million dollars? Yeah, I 4. mean four point one even. I look at the Bruins who signed Taylor Hall for six million. That's a really wild way of looking at it, right there. Taylor Hall is making six million, and yes, Perry is making six point one. Um, yeah, very interesting uh, to see that. I think what was intended to be a bit of a troll job ended up being uh, sure. Take him for that price. Yeah, I mean it was undoubtedly a troll job. Everything they did. I mean they tweeted out after they sent the initial offer sheet. They tweeted it in French. They um, they mocked Mark Bergervan's interview when they signed Aho. Um, I mean, they they went all out here. They they gave him a signing bonus of twenty dollars, which is Sebastian Ajo's number. Yeah, and I mean, twenty dollars. They if they don't go out and make some content on him showing up and then him them handing him a twenty dollar bill, that is such a missed opportunity. No, most definitely. Um, so yeah, well, I mean, we'll
0: monitor that situation. I mean, obviously, he's a third overall pick and hasn't panned out to be the talent that they expect him to be. But you never really know. He's joining two other Finns in carolina certainly going to get less spotlight yep in uh, in carolina so we'll see how that pans out but nate we have to stay in the nhl and we have to give a massive congratulations to friend of the show drake batherson for signing a six-year contract with the ottawa senators he'll be in the nation's capital for six more years congratulations drake so
1: happy for him yeah couldn't have happened to a better kid obviously if you guys have seen our interview with him i believe it's episode 18 yeah. I think. I think so. And, um, yeah, a great kid. Very well-deserved. Six years. What is it? Just, uh, just shy of $30 million? Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, I, I, we've both spoken about this. I think that's going to be one of the best contracts in the league pretty friggin' soon. $4.9 million for this guy. I mean, he – what was he? He pretty much was leading the team, their forwards, in scoring for the entire year, if not the entire squad. So, I mean – he was on like a, what a 25 goal pace I think for yep, 17 uh, goals which yep. prorated to around 25 goals. Yep. So I mean, I mean 25 goals, 4.9. There's there's a lot of guys who get a lot more money than that for putting up those same numbers. So I mean, it's going to be a, a hell of a contract and, and good on Ottawa too. And this was his full season in the in his first
0: full season in the National Hockey League. You have to think with fans back in the building, him training, you know, with with the, you know, heavily touted Nova Scotian players. Uh, with Sidney Crosby's trainer I mean it's just He is just going to be Like I said Nate One of the biggest value Contracts in the NHL I know he will eventually And and uh, yeah We definitely wanted to Give a shout out to Draker um, But Nate I think it is time To send it on over To Sam Alvey I think I noted I haven't noted it yet But I did want to note That, uh, that we are going to have Two more episodes this week Episode Wednesday To break down Our NFL Operation 272 How that's going to look Kind of break down the NFL
1: from a you know from its entirety from a holistic view. The break. season get some future bets for you guys. Yeah, exactly. Guys and, out, and then we'll be back to what the normal. Not to completely take away your uh, no. your role there, but no, uh, and then what we'll have our same episode that we just started putting out again on Friday. So we're gonna have three this week for you. So if you drive a truck, you're probably pretty fired up right now because you've got no shortage of daily intermission for this week, if, ladies and gentlemen. If you spend time in the car, you got get used to our
0: voices this week. Anyway, without further ado. We'd like to welcome on the podcast, Sam Alvey. Enjoy it, guys. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're extremely excited to be joined by UFC fighter Sam Alvey. Smiling Sam Alvey. He's got the chicklet shining. So, Sam, I think we'll uh, we'll start off by asking, you know, how'd you get the nickname and, and how long have people been calling you Smiling Sam?
2: Well, shoot, I've been fighting for about 15 years, and it, it was probably about 14 years ago that, that we said, hey, we need something, something for people to remember you by, and uh, I... I was I think it was my dad that said smiling Sam first, uh, but I picked the spelling and I, I just felt it wrong because social media wasn't a thing yet. For sure.
0: For sure. So listen, you fought last weekend in UFC fight night versus Wellington term. we weren't uh, exactly pleased with, uh, with the decision by, by the referees, but how are you feeling? How's the body holding up after the fight? How are you feeling about the results? And, and uh, you know, what's, you know, how are you making o?
2: Uh Yeah, I, 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 I should apologize to the blind men and women that i uh, scored my fight, but uh, I, I didn't mean to, I mean, I went on a tirade. They, they, they cut the, they cut the, uh, the feed about a minute into it, but I went on for another 10 minutes. I'm there We go. There he is. Sorry, Sam, we lost you there for a little bit. Oh, shoot. I had a whole answer.
0: <laughs> I know.
2: Uh, yeah. Uh, can, can you hear me now?
0: Yeah,
2: yeah, we got you. Yeah, I was just saying that the judges, they're, they're the worst in the industry. I mean, if, if y'all think box, boxing judges, from what I, from what everyone says, get paid off, uh, UFC judges are just blind. They they don't know what they're doing. Or they don't know what fighting is. They don't know how to score it. They, they've got no idea. They're just making it up as they go. Now it's the third fight and out of four that they, they've uh, found a way to, to do me dirty, and I, I don't know what I got to do to change it, but I'm, I'm going to figure something out. We kind of mentioned something about that a few days ago,
1: too, about how it, it's so hard for just the like the average person who watches a fight, like how to how you can tell the scoring is. Because I know when we go through and watch them, we're like, it seemed like, for instance, like if somebody just beats the shit out of somebody in one round, it seems like it kind of gets scored the other way
2: sometimes. And it's so hard to keep track. Like so. Yeah, well, you know what? I, I, I kind of think what's happening is it's a merchandise uh, uh what they're trying to do. Uh they give the the judge at the beginning of a fight an official UFC quarter. Uh and then at the end of every round, the judge just flip it and uh head heads blue corner, you know, tails the red corner. Uh, so they're gonna try and sell these to the public so we can keep up with them at home.
1: That's <laughs> awesome. Um, you said you've been fighting for about 15 years. Did you have someone you looked up to growing up that kind of got you into fighting?
2: No, not at all. I I didn't know about fighting until I was probably three or four years as a professional uh i i just did it because it was fun no i never watched it never heard of the ufc never watched boxing was never in taekwondo uh it was just something somebody said hey you want to do and i said sure good shot okay
0: yeah it's a good it's a good segue so there wasn't really any influencing people throughout your life or or anything like that so i mean at what point i guess in your life did you say listen this is something i want to pursue as a career this is something that i might be able to be successful at and be be a fighter
2: it's probably five or six years into it uh just yeah i i, I mean i started fighting just because somebody said they'd give me gas money and then i fought for gas money for a long time somewhere and i i won most of the fights and so someone in there said Hey, there's this thing called the UFC where people make a living. I said, "Oh, well, that's fantastic. Maybe I'll do that." And uh, lo and behold, I, you know, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears later, I, I made it. Oh, um, yeah. You say blood, sweat, and tears.
1: What's a recovery like after a fight?
2: A lot of ice, ice baths, like. Uh, you know, it depends on the fight. I no matter if I knock the guy out in five seconds, or it goes four rounds, or five rounds, and it's a, it's a war. I am sore for the next week. Uh, it's just over a week now. My body feels pretty good. Like I said, I, I took the stitches out yesterday. Um, so I, I can't get punched yet, but I'll probably start rolling again tomorrow.
0: Wow. That's Jeez, incredible. Man. So you're going to be right back in the gym. So you've had a long career, like you said, I mean, 15 years, I think you mentioned in the industry. I mean, what's the fire like in, in Sam Alvey to, to continue getting on cards and continue to, you know, to roll in, in some fights.
2: I love what I do. I love fighting. I mean, it it is so much fun to be, to be in this, this sport like I am. Um, it's just, I I couldn't imagine doing something else and I get people pay me to do what I would do for free. Uh, (laughs) if you find something you can do like that for a living, you stick with it, do it for as long as you can. And, uh, physically, I feel good. Uh, uh, mentally, I feel as sharp and as driven as I ever had. And, uh, I, I really look forward to to getting, getting whatever my next fight is lined up.
1: Speaking of that, what is your relationship like with Dana White? Like the guy seems like a absolute character. You guys have a pretty good relationship.
2: Uh, We have a better relationship than I thought we did. Uh, the, (laughs) the way he was talking to me after the fight or talking about me after the fight, I I've, I've met with Dana, I don't know, three or four times. And he's always been a very pleasant man. Uh, I, I always say what people think Dana White is based on his interviews and the way, he ru- you know, runs his mouth on the mic is who he is. Uh, and the, the times I've spoken with him, he was very genuine, very upfront. We, we just kind of spoke like we we're old friends. Um, he, I think he represents the sport well and particularly the, particularly the UFC. So I, I, I'm a Dana fan, even though I've, I've really only spoken to him a handful of times.
0: Yeah, it seems like from the outside looking in, he does a great job of promoting the sport. Um, It seems to be in a good place, just from a holistic view. Um, But what's that process like, Sam? In terms of you know, you're training, you're in the gym. Are you on the phone with Dana? Are you on the phone with um, your managers? You know, how do you get set up in a fight? And how do you know who do you need to notify that you're
2: ready to ready to fight again? Uh, Well, my my wife is my manager, so I say, hey, honey. I want to fight and said, okay. So she reached out to Mick Maynard. Who's the UFC's matchmaker maker for middleweights and light heavyweights. And, uh, he usually gets back to me. Usually it's like within a day saying, all right, uh, we've, we've got, uh, we've got to fight for you. And then they'll give me the date and the time. And, uh, more often than I, I probably should say, yes, it's like, all right, we've got to fight for you in 10 days in Australia. If you want to take it. I said, yeah, okay, let's do it. And then I, <laughs> I start cutting weight and I get on a plane to Australia. Um, but that, that's always been kind of the way it works with me in the UFC.
0: So has there any been, I mean, you've been on on some big cards. I mean, I think the most notable, you might argue this, is was the Gaethje-Habib fight um, on Fight Island, which we'll get into. But do you have a city or do you have a card that you fought on that was the environment and, and just, you know, the arena was just so so electric and so memorable for you?
2: Yeah, I've got over 70, 70 fights. I've been to just about every one of the countries fighting there. And, uh, my, my favorite place to fight was Mexico city. I've gotten the honor to fight there twice. And it was just, the crowd was electric. The atmosphere was just fantastic. Uh, they were good fights. I won both of them, which is also a plus and, uh, <laughs> just had a, had a real good time. And I am always trying to fight again in Mexico city.
1: That's going to be one of the cooler things about the UFC, too, how it just is kind of you can fight anywhere. You can go anywhere. Goes- yeah,
2: but, you know, pre-COVID, you good Now, uh, now yeah. the whole world's <laughs> gone stupid, and who knows when you're going to be able to fight anywhere again. Yeah, that's true.
1: Speaking of that, um, during the peak pandemic, what was the fight island,
2: like, the vibe like there? Was that, like, it looked incredible, the entire setup. Yeah. Man, it was just more proof of how, how dedicated the UFC is to fighter safety, fighter happiness, uh, fighter comfortability. Uh, it, it's just, it was wonderful. I, I hope I get the opportunity to fight on a fight island card again because I've really enjoyed my time there. I've, I've really enjoyed uh, everything I've done with with the UFC at fight island. It was, they say island, but really, it was like there was a stream that cut off the connecting side. It's a <laughs> technical. Technically, it was an island, but uh, really more so what, what I think they meant more by Fight Island is they closed down everything. There was no guests, no nothing uh, except the UFC and the UFC uh, staff and roster. So we had, a, we had a great time that they went out of their way. And Lord knows how many millions of dollars they spent to make it happen. But uh, they, they really tried to make uh, make us comfortable and, you know, they made Abu Dhabi feel like home.
0: Now, that's amazing. Um I know that uh, I want to shout out your YouTube channel and your social medias, uh, Sam, because you're a prominent character on these platforms and, and, uh, you know, you reference your weight cuts and, you know, what that's like, you know, I know that's kind of a common, you know, maybe not misconception, but, um, but people like to know about, you know, weight cuts and what that process is like. And, and, um, you know, we want to know, you know, how challenging and how tolling is it on your body to go through a weight cut and how much weight do do fighters actually put on pre-fight between the weigh-in and then the fight?
2: Yeah, uh, so my, my last weight cut, uh, I've actually I filmed almost all of it, and I put it in a YouTube video on my YouTube channel. It's Sam Elvey at YouTube or YouTube. Sam Elvey. Uh So if anyone wants to go and look at that, I, I'm just starting to, to really build my YouTube brand. Uh, I'm editing my next video and it's going to start coming along and I'm going to be giving away all sorts of UFC memor- memorabilia and uh, trips to train with me. So y'all should follow me on, on YouTube. Um, but uh, as far as the actual cut goes, that I, I've had some really big ones. The biggest one I've ever had was, uh, was a 10-day notice fight over in um, Poland. And I, I cut, it was 42 pounds in 10 days. And overnight i put on about 35 pounds 37 pounds i think it was um did this last one i i hit 186 and then i fought i was about 212 211 um and it's it's just a science once you know how your body works once you know how food works which is what most i mean most people do not understand how food works but once you know what you're taking out of your diet what you need to put back in uh, it's it's never easy, but it's far more comfortable to l- gain and lose weight like that. For sure, For sure. Oh, that's wild. That is uh, a subs- forty-two pounds. That's crazy. Yeah, that that one was too much. That that one okay. was short notice, and uh, I should have said no, but I never say no. That's <laughs> right. Um, Who do you think's best pound per pound fighter in the UFC? The toughest? I Sean, Strickland. Sean Strickland. I think oh. Sean Strickland is. Cool. Okay.
1: So yeah. we watched
0: this weekend. Um, Derek Brunson versus versus Darren Till, and and I know you fought um, Brunson before in the middleweight division. You know he's he's on a nice five and and0 run. You know what was the fight like against Brunson, and do you think he's got uh, a chance to to go after the title in the middleweight division?
2: Uh yeah, you know uh, uh, when I was fighting Brunson, that rotten guy punched me, punched me. He was supposed to wrestle me, and he punched me instead. That rotten sucker. Um, so so I was that was unfortunate, but uh, you know I. I don't think he has what it takes to be a champion to, to beat uh, Israel. At least I could be wrong. It's been a minute since they fought, but when they fought the first time, it was really pretty easy work for Israel. Uh, Brunson has grown quite a bit. He's put on some amazing performances, but uh, I I don't know if I don't know if he's changed enough to be able to to counter Israel.
0: So you train at the the uh, Dan Henderson gym? Is that correct? Yeah, Team Quest in uh, Temecula, California. And so he's a bit of a legend in the sport, from what uh, I understand. You know, what's the team like there? What's the environment at the gym like? Um, you know, do you have any uh, characters that uh, that you're, you know, more often than not sparring with and and you know grappling with in the gym?
2: Well, so Dan Anderson is what 51, I think, and he's still in the gym beating all of us up. So uh, with a leader like him, it makes it makes gym life very very comfortable. Uh, he, he's always that driving force to help push everyone onwards and into bigger and better things. Um, and it, it's been really an honor getting, getting to work with him. We have such a strong team right now, particularly little guys. You know, every gym kind of goes in waves. Sometimes you have big, big, heavy guys, sometimes little guys. Right now, we are a little guy gym, and we have so much young talent coming up. Uh, Trevor Wells, Jordan Winsky, Ricky Fuhrer. Mason, Ike, Bellas, Matt, Pithia. Hey, just to list a few that will be UFC, Bellator, PFL, One FC champions one day.
1: Absolutely. Do you usually tune into a lot of stuff like other other fights, or do you not really pay much attention to it? Or uh,
2: I love the PFL. I, I love tournament formats. Uh, Bellator, whenever I can, do, whenever I get a Friday free, I tune Bellator in. I almost never watch One FC as much as I would love to. Uh, it's just on it like. 3 a.m. on Saturday mornings, it's just hard to catch. And uh, the, the one I'm having a ton of fun watching is the the Bare Knuckle Fighting, the BKFC. Uh, oh, I, I have so much. They're going like a, a real hard WWE route where they're shoving each other after the match and they're cussing it. And I love the WWE. So anytime you can put personality on display like that, I'm a huge fan.
0: Absolutely. I mean... I know. I just kind of want to revert back to uh, to the gym that you train at. I, you know, I don't know where I read it, but I think that Chael Sonnen was was involved a little bit at the gym, and and you know how how much time have you spent around Chael, and and what's he like as an individual?
2: Chael was at a different team quest. He was up in Portland. I have rolled with Chael once or twice, uh, but it's been years. And uh, he and I we know each other, you know, on site, but we've only actually worked together a few times.
0: Absolutely. So I guess moving forward. Um, do you have any, have any UFC, uh, up and comers that, uh, that the daily intermission fans should look out for other than, than Sam Alvey, you know, moving forward.
2: Well, Jared Bandera is now one and one in the UFC. He's coming up fight of the night performance and he is fighting one big old Russia cat here in about a month and a half. Uh, so y'all should watch Jared the Mountain Bandera. He, he is so much fun and, uh, more than anything, I love it when he's on the mic because he's terrible on the mic. <laughs> Hey, he's so awkward when he gets on there, and I just love it. So I I look forward every time watching him win, just so I can hear him, you know, call himself ugly, but not mean to.
0: <laughs> no, listen, that's fantastic. But, uh, but well, listen, Sam, I didn't want to keep you, uh, you know, I know that uh, you're a busy individual and you're with the family uh, and, and you're at church. So listen, we appreciate you coming on so much. And and uh, we're super excited to follow along with you. And and like we said, everyone listening, go follow Sam and all the social platforms. He's got a great YouTube channel, great Instagram. He's very active on all of the platforms. So go give him a follow. And, and you're certainly, uh, you know, we're definitely team Alvy over here at the daily intermission.
2: Hey, I, gr- I greatly appreciate you guys reaching out to me and uh, thank you so much for having me on. Hey, listen now, we'll catch up a little bit later down the road. Thanks a lot, Sam. Hey, thank you guys. Have a a great weekend.
0: Take care.